Hey there, two relievers. Welcome to episode 26 of the Marvel Mondays Initiative here on the Penultimate Conquest. Today's topic is, of course, our discussion of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's part of our MCU Rewind series. Before we get into our discussion, we've got a little housekeeping for you today. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping a like and a sub, and don't forget to hit the bell to get notifications for all our shows like the Penultimate Games Show, the Cross Media Show, and our Anime Nation Show. If you're watching on Twitch, you have Amazon Prime, and you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, which means consider giving us one of those, uh, one of those Prime subs. It would help us, help us a lot. Um, I, I went off script, and I'm trying to go back onto it, and I can't okay. find a way to do it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, we'd love if you gave it to us. So, But if not, it's quite all right. Also, just real quick, you might see me um, tw- twirling a hammer as we go throughout the podcast i'm, I'm nursing rehabilitating a, a small case of uh tenosynvenitis in my wrist so just uh don't mind me <laughs> I, I suppose uh for those of you who don't know me my name is christian macias your curator of cinema and host for the evening alongside me today the friendly neighborhood co- neighborhood co-host of all things marvel and destiny the daddy to be eric in hello 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 it's been two weeks since i've been on the show what do you wild. what do you think about our placement of Guardians of the Galaxy? You missed it. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was I thought it was good. Like with the list that we have going on right now, it it is better. It's good. It's a good place. It's good. It is. It's better than Avengers. Not as good as Winter Soldier. So, perfect. The villain ranking is good. I think villain ranking is fine. Uh, Ronan deserves to be right there. And you know, uh the Stan Lee cameo, a little lower than I'd like to have been, but you know what? I wasn't here, so I didn't get a vote on it. It wasn't oh. that good, though. <laughs> it's okay. Well, if you missed yeah. that episode, you can check it out on our YouTube page. And rounding out the war table is, of course, our one and only director of operations, Mr. Ruben Guerrero. Hello, sir. Hey, how are we doing today, fellas? It's Labor Day. Well, Labor Day, you know? I'm sorry to put you guys to work, but that's just how it is. This is fun for me. Good. I've been wanting to talk about this movie for for a minute, so. Well, here we are. Here we are. We've got some stream updates for you. Ruben, I'm going to pass the mic to you. I don't know what we're doing this week. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what we're doing this week either. I am still playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Iggy Island expansion. And, you know, I started thinking... Something came to Games pa- uh, Game Pass this uh, past week, and I was like, you know what? I should really get back to playing that game. Do you guys know what game that was? Hades? Yes, Psychonauts 2. No. No. I'm sorry. Final Fantasy? That was a really bad game. Uh, Eric? <laughs> what? Eric, I, I'm not going to you know talk shit about Psychonauts 2. I just am not a fan of the, the series, so I'm not going to touch that game. Yeah, it was Final Fantasy 13, and you know what? I'm thinking after I finish Iki Island, I should just play Final Fantasy. 13, 13 13 Lightning Returns, then go back to Final Fantasy 7 Intergrade just to finish Intermission, and then go to Final Fantasy 10, Final Fantasy 10 hey, 2. I, I, I think you, oh, whoa, easy there. I, think you to, <laughs> I mean, like, I am the Final Fantasy. That's back on, no, I'm back on my shit, Eric. Okay. Yeah. After, how, many, how many of these games are the Final Fantasy? You can only have one Final Fantasy. 
can't have three different thirteens of the same final. First fantasy. off, don't you dare talk shit about. You 13. get it? Okay. Which one's the last one? Which fantasy is the last? Which one's the final? Lightning one? returns, and then they change the destiny of the whole series. Okay, throughout each and every one. So, I mean, how is every game the Final Fantasy? Wouldn't the first one it's be the Final, final Fantasy, fantasy of it's somebody final else? Game. It's the Final Fantasy of someone's. You know. So oh, I actually kind of like that. That's yeah. actually pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. You got me. Um. So yeah, I think I'm gonna do a Final Fantasy kick and start from. Uh, I know I just said start from 13, but fucking, I'm starting from 10. I'm gonna be replaying Final Fantasy 10 after my Iki Island uh, playthrough. Okay, this for a stream. Yes. Okay, I'm. I brought it back. Thank you. Thank All right. You. Well, there we have it. There we Folks, have it. let's get into some Marvel news before our big topic of the show. We've got a few stuff here for you. We always started off with um, our little mini review of What If. Of course, the fourth episode came out last week, uh, titled "What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands." Um, Eric, did you watch the episode? I did. I watched them last night. What'd you I think? Just- uh, so I think the Doctor Strange one was easily the best one so far. Um, and, um, like I said, since we had the hurricane last week, I couldn't watch, um, the third episode on time. So I caught up on that one too. I thought it was good. thought it was neat. Uh, but yeah, definitely the Doctor Strange one is easily the best of the four so far for me. Hmm. Wow. It was dark. I liked it. It went really dark, you know, uh, strange Supreme sucking the souls out of mystical, Scary Dude, creatures is really cool spoilers, to see. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, bro. Dang. Just kidding. I um I thought it was really good. Um I'm excited for this week's episode, which is confirmed to be Marvel Zombies. So ready for that. Ruben, how about you? What'd you think of the episode? Did you watch? I haven't watched it yet. It's such a shame. I this weekend has been a bit of a blur. Yeah, no. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh well. I have no excuse. I also have fell off the what if horse, but I'm hoping to get back on it sometime soon. Uh, I oh. guess working hobbies it, permitted. It's it's really cool because there is a moment where the watcher actually plays a pretty prominent role in this one, as opposed to just watching, <laughs> you know, his shtick. Yeah, he's um, watching from the bushes. It's it's really good. Uh, it's very heart wrenching. Once Tess and I were watching, and once we figured out what the crux of the episode was about it's like oh no but no it's it's really good this is actually one of those where like benedict cumberbatch i know for the last few episodes apart from you know probably chadwick boseman and samuel jackson from last week's episode benedict cumberbatch does really good voice work it's not it was him yeah it was him it wasn't sebastian stan from the first episode who love you sebastian but you really phoned it in on that one uh, but no, it was. It is Benedict Cumberbatch. It is um, pretty much everyone from Doctor Strange. If they were in Doctor Strange, was in this episode. So I except thought, Mordo. Mordo was th- not in this episode. I thought this episode, just from like seeing the the clips that people have been showing off, and just seeing the artwork for Doctor Strange, it looked like he was turning into a vampire. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's shit. really, it's really freaking cool. Okay. Um, to see his descent, it's really good. Okay. So. Are you telling me Rachel McAdams is in this episode as well? She is. Oh, shit. All right, you got me. I'm sold. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hilda Swinton is in this episode. Um, Benedict Wong is in this episode. So pretty much all the all the main Doctor Strange players except Mordo are in this episode. They voice awesome. their characters. So. Oh, maybe I'll check it out. Very cool. Thank you, Eric. 
Uh, moving on, uh, some other news broke uh, this last week. The Russo brothers have come to an impasse with Disney on directing another film entry in the MCU over concerns about pay, essentially, right? With, with all the Black Widow news stuff, the Russo brothers aren't, aren't too keen on directing another movie right now for Disney. You guys have any thoughts on this at all? Get this fucking Bob out of here, okay? I don't. Chappic? Yeah. Get Bob Chappic out of here. Bring back Bob Iger. You know, well, Bob Iger is done. Why is that? I mean, he's retiring. Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I know. I know. When you're the CEO like, of Disney for 15 years, that probably takes a lot of toll on you. Right, but you know, it's just transitional period. Though. You know, I know like, what you're saying. Had Bob Iger still been in here, I'm pretty sure Bob Iger would have been like, "Hey, listen, man, we didn't expect a pandemic happening so like here's a cut of what we got from disney plus but this bob chappick guy is just ish. he's very much a, a numbers ceo guy so i mean mm -hmm. that's just that's just what he is and that's I a mean, terrible way to run all, this company all all ceos are pretty much number cb ceos but, right um, but i think it's it's it there was heart from bob Iger. i yeah. got i yeah. got heart from bob Iger with like he really cared about the product Disney. He cared about Disney. I think what it is is that uh, if I'm, if I do remember this correctly, Bob Chappick is from the Parks Department, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. like he doesn't give a shit about. I I shouldn't say this, but he's more worried about how much money is coming in and not worried about like the people that are killing themselves, well, not killing I themselves, mean, but like putting in the work. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, when you're the head of parks, you know, you have to deal with so many parks in the world. And, you know, there's structure to it. So he's at the top, but you got the managers and stuff. And, like, the parks are great. Like, I have friends who work at Disney World, Disneyland, and, um, you know, they enjoy their time. Um, but it is a business still. Unfortunately, that's the rough end of this. I hope they hold out. I still want Scarlett Johansson to get paid. And my thing on that. Here. Speaking of Scarlett Johansson, I didn't put this in there, but I'll I'll say it now. Um, another news item broke this last week that um, Kevin Feige uh, was supposedly uh, on Scarlett Johansson's side before uh, Disney made the ultimate choice to put Black Widow on Disney Plus. He didn't like the 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 idea of putting a female led lead behind, um, you know, not in theaters, just on on, on sub right. subscription services. Which I thought was like pretty cool of him to come out and say that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know, I know. He was pro theaters only the whole time during LA. He very much was against the whole dual release thing. I mean, it's it's for me, it's one thing to like put. Oh, we're putting, we're gonna put since the pandemic, we're gonna put you know movies out on mm -hmm. video on demand, premiere access, or whatever, and we're also gonna put them in theaters, but. Black Widow is a movie that should not have been put on uh, Disney Plus, just because, like you said, it's a it's a female led move, movie that's also superhero that also like she should have had this movie like a long time ago. Yeah, I think I understand from Disney's point of view, like Delta variant was starting to run wild during this time. So yeah. obviously you got to consider safety in that regards. You have to think what's going to get you the most money. On that, and you know, it did have a very successful opening weekend. It still has the number one opening weekend of the pandemic so far. Um, but not anymore, I think the, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, if you have to, you have to look at three day. If we're looking at just strictly three day weekend, because Shamsi gotcha. gets the four day strictly three yep. day weekend. Black Widow still has the record by like six million. But I think it's just the handling of making her seem like she just because she was asking for more money that she was heartless and using the pandemic as an excuse for not paying your people, which I think is shitty on Disney's part. So, um, yeah, pay her. It's really easy. You have all this money, Disney. Just pay her. Absolutely. Our final uh, bit of news today. Uh, another MCU legend passes away today. This is very sad to see um, come my way this morning. Uh, Michael K. Williams, best known for his work on The Wire and Boardwalk Empire. He was also uh, uh, in a scene on The Incredible Hulk, written, actually, this scene specifically by Edward Norton because he loves this man so much, uh, has passed away today at the age uh, of 54. Very tragic news. I'd hit, I it's saw so that. sudden, yeah. I saw that uh, on my way home, and I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Did they say what it was? No. They did not. So tragic. That guy was so, yeah. like, the the roles that he portrayed doesn't make make it look like he's a nice guy. But I seen him in interviews, and that man is a well, was a gem. He rocks. Yeah. The last thing I saw him in was the uh, the Battlefield twenty forty two short that they released on YouTube with mm-hmm. the return of Irish, and I was like, dude, this this guy rocks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very sad. Very sad. Moving on to our topic of the show. Guys, are you ready for this discussion? I don't know if you are ready. I'm very excited. It was an alright movie. I'm just what kidding. were we talking about? Um, go ahead. At last, it's our review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, premiered, of course, this past weekend, September 3rd, 2021 in the U.S. A budget of $150 million with a box office so far of 90 million uh giving it the highest amount any film has grossed over labor day weekend ever period congratulations to that team very good and you know worldwide it almost hit its budget i think it was 140 million worldwide so almost making yeah. your budget in three days that's, yeah, that's man. incredible true the figure i pulled 90 million was as of i guess sunday night so monday morning like those numbers are coming in so it's probably it's probably more as of right now so could be, yeah, yeah. Good, good point eric awesome thank you i want to start with uh one as always our, our, our quick little theater experiences for this movie and then two uh an abridged review if you will a spoiler free abridged review from the gang okay Ruben. Ruben. you can go first this i was so i was supposed to watch this on friday and then i yeah. i stayed home uh because my girlfriend had to work on Saturday, so I had to cancel those tickets in fucking prime seats in Dolby. Uh, in Dolby. Just prime seats in Dolby. And I had to settle for shitty-ass seats in IMAX. Well, I shouldn't say shitty-ass Which is seat. better, because the movie was shot in IMAX. It was better, but the guys behind me were fucking high school kids, which made the whole experience like, ugh. Like there was no oh. not enough space between the seats, as opposed to Dolby seats, you know. Like I, I could sure. recline all the way back. But yes, it 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 looked phenomenal in in IMAX, and man, oh man, oh, what a great movie! What a great movie! Eric, how about yourself? 
Um, so went, got my row H15, got my seat <laughs> IMAX I <laughs> yes. always get. Um, got there. Uh, so surprisingly, this was the busiest I have seen a movie theater since the pandemic. Like, uh, when I went to go see Black Widow in my theater, there was about maybe for like a primetime seven o'clock Sunday night showing about maybe 10 people in the theater. Whereas this one, it was a solid, I would say 70 to 80 people in there, which is still, you know, very low in the grand scheme of things, but people are starting to feel more safe. A lot of people were wearing masks, so it was very nice. Yeah. I mean, uh, theater did have a mask policy, but still it's good. There was a baby when we walked in at first, so we were really scared because this baby was at the very beginning. And so we were nervous, but the, it, she was all right for the, the movie. So it was all good. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, this is really good. This is a really good movie. It was fun. Cause I was explaining to Tessa and my buddy, Paul, when we went to go see it, they know nothing about Shang-Chi at all. So I had to kind of explain to them a little bit. All right, this is what he is. Um, they definitely change up his family history because in the comics, his dad is Fu Manchu, which is a very, you know, very racist stereotype yes. um, character. And so they changed it up to Wen Wu. And um, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Probably some of the best action in the MCU. Like yeah. right up there with Winter Soldier for me. Yeah. is really fucking good, this movie. All right. Sweet. Uh, for, for me, yeah. I mean, I got tickets a while ago for IMAX here locally. And I wasn't really too excited about it. I think I was getting a Marvel burnout, even though, like, I was hyped, like very excited for this movie in particular. Wasn't excited to, like, I don't know, get out of the house and, you know, be amongst people. The theater was packed, by the way, but very cool of Portland. Uh, props to, the, the like, the citizens here. Like, they, they mask up pretty much always so like everyone there in their theater seats was like masked up the whole time so i i did feel safe when i was actually in my seat um there was all, like to eric's point there was also a kid in my theater and i heard him in the beginning and then like didn't hear him at all the rest of the movie so i was like that's nice uh and then yeah dude was completely blown away also i shout out to ruben as well i watched the um all hail the king right before it went and like that was the move like that got me excited to go to the theater like I got, I went to the shower after, got over there, had like half an edible, and like got myself ready to watch the movie. And yeah, dude, we're gonna get into it. But like, this was—I was surprised at how much I loved it. And I think it was because it didn't feel, for the most part, like a Marvel movie. It just felt like its own independent film that later tied into the MCU. And God, like, what a breath of fresh air in the MCU! Like, I needed this, and I, I, I'm—I was so happy. That we got it. Also, Simu Liu and Tony Lung. Oh my God, love you. Perfection, for real. Very good. So I didn't do any kind of discussion questions for us today. I kind of just want to walk us through the rough plot and then just stop here and there because I think it kind of ramps up and then we like get more into spoilers as we go. Yeah. Um, but I think works really well for us. I guess a review spoiler cast. So is that is that cool with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I do have one thing that I want to bring up. Yeah. Um, so I'm here on Screen Rant, and I see a headline that says Shang Chi reportedly had a lower budget than most MCU origin movies. Yeah, crazy, right? How did we? How do we feel about that? Is it because they thought it wasn't going to do good? Is it because? Oh, I mean, 
I guess they've kind of figured out the technology they need to do stuff, and maybe they have found ways to make it cheaper to make these movies. Um, helps when you shoot on location, because I know he shot on location for a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, so that helps. Um, and yeah. Christian probably has some more on that. Yeah, the, the two biggest things I can think of is one, like Eric said, location, because a lot of this is filmed on the site. Um, and the other is uh, actors. Like, they didn't get... Other than, I guess, Tony Lung and maybe Aquafina, the others aren't, like, big Hollywood names. Yeah. Right? Not traditional U.S. domestic Hollywood names. And so that would lower production costs as well because you don't have to pay actors as much. Um, and then, of course, uh, like, we'll, like we'll talk about it, the CGI, uh, with a lot of the graphics teams in Hollywood trying to unionize and Hollywood not wanting to pay those teams, they outsource to other companies and therefore it's cheaper, kind of lowers production costs for them. So gotcha. all okay. those kind of things can factor in the, the lower Okay. Lower cost. All right. Oh, I can't believe I didn't mention this in my thing. This is definitely the best origin MCU movie for me. Absolutely. I this it's the best one. Um, High five you. So. I forgot to say off air. I'll just say it now because it's it, it. Eric, when I tweet at you, do I sound mean? For what? When I tweeted you last oh, night. Oh, nah, nah, nah okay, it's all good. good. I wanted the engagement, and plus, I also know that when a, a movie makes your top 10 in the MCU, I know that you love all of them pretty much almost equally, but there are a few others that, personally, you like a bit more than others. Yeah. So I would, I just wanted the engagement on Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, I, I like to do this thing where I don't want to sit too long and think about it, because if I start thinking about it, I'll start overthinking my list. If I just go from like pure gut, this is what I feel. like. There's a lot that this movie does right really well there are some things that are kind of falter a little bit but it's definitely still a top 10 mcu movie for me yeah. uh frank in the chat says shang chi was bomb as fuck and i gotta agree shang chi was indeed bomb as fuck yeah uh let's get into like the starting of the movie we get the voiceover of uh ying li we don't know it's ying li yet but we, it's ying li telling us the history of when who was fucking genghis khan in the mcu are you fucking kidding me <laughs> fucking insane so he's Genghis Khan, and then Wen Wu's looking for Talo, and somewhere in mainland China, he goes through the uh, the bamboo forest, and he meets who? But Ying Li there, and they start fighting Wushu, and it's so fucking cool, and you realize it's like beautiful, and they're falling in love. And oh my uh, god, uh, yeah. And Wen Wu is looking at Ying Li, and they're looking at each other, and like you can feel like there's like some kind of tension and passion there, and they do fall in love, and they have a child. What do we think so far of these opening scenes? The dance, the dance, the the fighting scene between them, which kind of, yes, was like a dance scene. It, it just like the looks that he gave her. It's like, yeah, uh, like nobody's ever uh, handled things like uh, handles is the wrong word to use. I guess like nobody's ever uh, treated me this yes. way, treated me this way. Like I am supposed to be the tough guy that can literally destroy uh, an entire army and you're wiping the floor with me by doing absolutely nothing but kicking ass you know like oh man it was so good so good yeah this is when i realized the movie's going to be like a special film yeah. um i know a lot of people were saying that they uh, felt that like the uh, the asian representation did for them what uh what they imagined Black Panther did for the black community. And I'll even go a step further and to say, like, I saw a lot of, not particularly in the, in the, the Wushu fights, but later on in, like, with Simu Lu just being himself, I saw some of myself and, like, my own 
uh, I guess, traits as a minority and what I went through growing up with like my own uh, immigrant parents in this movie that I think uh, like really hit home with me that I'll, that I'll bring up in, in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to bring it up now. Get the, that's get the a, that's important. That these, are, these are the important things for the movie because I remember when I went to go see Black Panther, um, there was like a whole row of just like uh, these um, tiny black kids. And you know, when T'Challa comes on the screen for the first time, I look down and they're just fucking ecstatic. Like that's, it's like me whenever Spider-Man comes on, you know, I'm 30 years old and Spider-Man comes on screen. I'm still like that. And like these kids got to have that moment for them. And like, this is what it's about right here. This is like, I'm here just as a fan watching this. This means a lot more than just a comic book movie for a lot of people. Mm. And so I got that same vibe here because there was a lot of the Asian community in the movie theater. Like when I went to go see it, like proportion to everything else, there was a lot. Some so fantastic that, like I said, this representation is happening. Um, so yeah, Speaking, yeah. On, even further than that, like when um, the beginning, it's it's in Mandarin, and a lot of the movie, uh, not a lot of it, but a good chunk of the movie is in Mandarin. I thought that was really cool to see, and not something you I would expect necessarily in the MCU. Usually, when you see like other languages, it's always like the bad guys speaking another language. This is just like a touching story, and like it, at at some point, it's you know Ying Li talking to Young Shang. And like it was beautiful, and I almost teared up. Like, just to see this kind of representation and heart in this movie was awesome to see on on this huge screen. I loved it. Um, but for me, for the beginning part, I was really excited um, to see how they were going to talk about the Ten Rings. They didn't talk about it as much as I wanted to. It was just like, oh yeah, they fell from the sky, whatnot. Um, and so it was funny because <laughs> Tessa during the movie like leaned over, whispered to me. So is he like a mortal or something like that? I'm like, well, in some comics, the Mandarin. And then the very next line was, yeah, they give him eternal life. I'm like, <laughs> there, there you go. Um, so I thought that was really yeah. neat. Uh, I appreciated the fight. I did not, even though I know it was a beautiful moment with this fight. And then, you know, in the exact same one, when Shang-Chi and Wu fight at the end, I thought... The circle was really beautiful, what it's supposed to mean, but I didn't like that the cameras got really close in their face when that happened. You know what I'm talking about? Like they would cut to her face and then cut to his what? face looking at him. I thought Why? the moment w- I thought the moment was beautiful. I thought if it would just panned out just a little bit, um I, I was just like one of the like it it didn't take me out of the movie or anything. I just thought the camera shot was weird. Mm. I could see yeah. that. I could see that. I disagree, but I respect it, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing in this opening scene is that, of course, uh, Ying Li gives a jade pendant to to Shang, and that's the last. Well, and we get little bits of uh, his backstory piecemeal later. I'm going to bring it up in one big chunk in, in just a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next uh, thing we see is uh, Shang in, in, I guess, Sean in present day San Francisco. He's living his life with Katie. They're living their life as valet attendants. And this is where the theme of purpose, I think, is introduced. And this is where I saw myself. Oh, my God. Also, Aquafina. Amen, right? Here's the thing. Oh, I usually can't stand Aquafina. She was phenomenal in this role. Yes. Phenomenal. That's two movies Aquafina has been fantastic with, uh, in for me. Uh, the, last one, one. the last one she did was, uh, I forgot what. 
It was called. Give me one second. I'll look. The it animated up. movie? No, she was. Uh, Is it farewell? I think it was. Yeah. Where she goes to China to go yep. visit her grandma. Yep. I love exactly that movie. What, oh my god, so good. Mm-hmm. So good. that's my favorite Aquafina role. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, this is where I was. What I was saying earlier is where I saw myself uh, as as a child of immigrant parents who want to like want me to succeed in life. There, there's always that constant pressure to um, have purpose in your life and to do oh something important. And whenever I feel like I'm doing something that like I find um, uh, enjoyment, even if it's just a hobby or that I want to turn into like a career, like something like podcasting or writing, um, and not always feeling like I'm getting 100% backup from my family. This is where I saw myself in, in, you know, the lens of Aquafina and Sean. I didn't put that together up until you said that right now. And yeah. Oh, my God. It's so annoying. Like, just let yeah. me be me, you know? Sorry. Continue. I mean, that, that was it. That was it for this part. And I mean, that, that comes up like quite literally at, at the bar scene when her friend's like, come on, guys, you got to grow up already. Yeah. You guys are just wasting your life. So. Uh, but this leads us to the first moment, I think, that kind of blew me the fuck away, which is the bus sequence will, happens like, yeah. I yes. will say, like, um, I did really like this. You know, this is really refreshing hearing stuff like this uh, from you guys. Because, you know, obviously, I am very white, obviously, the pale skin. I really? Well, right give now. it away. But, so, yeah, I know that, you know, I my growing up is a lot different from your guys growing up. And so it's, I am enjoying, like, I'm enjoying hearing how this movie means more to you guys with the stuff it has. Like that, that's very special. Like it's very important to hear. And I think everyone should um, hear stuff from, you know, different people. That's what makes diversity so great. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, this is refreshing. Like if I don't talk that much during this, it's because I want to hear what you guys have to say, because I think the themes in this movie impact you guys more. Cause like, I, again, I'm coming into this movie cause I'm like, I'm so ready to see the master of Kung Fu right now. I'm so excited for that. But for me, like it was only like skin deep with stuff. I'm like, okay, here we go. We got this. But for you guys, the themes and stuff in this movie, it hit harder for you. So yes. that's why I'm saying like, if I just let you guys go off on tangents, just know I'm very much enjoying this. Um, and I did love the cut from this when they're talking about at the diner and then they cut to them walking and she's got like the fanny pack and he's got like a, a class t-shirt on like who's to say we're not adults okay and i'm like that was that was a very good shot placement i very much like that oh i'm glad you brought that up because i almost forgot to say like they they think about it for a second like i guess we could go home be responsible and they're like nah and they go go do, go do karaoke uh, oh my yeah God. amazing uh, yeah, but this leads us to our next scene, which is the bus sequence scene, which is the the first, I guess, big action set piece uh, of Shang, right? But I think bigger than the 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 Wushu fight in the beginning. Uh, we get the cameo from the Spider-Man Homecoming guy, where he's like filming or whatever. Oh yeah, I didn't which even I didn't notice. Know. I didn't even notice that until you said him. Do a yeah, flip, Twitter, Spider-Man. <laughs> Twitter put me onto that. I had no idea. And then we, of course, get the introduction of Razor Fist, who's the guy with uh, the missing arm. Uh, lots to unpack in the bus sequence, but, like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? The choreography is fan-fucking-tastic. I really wanted, at the end of the scene, for the girl th whose laptop he broke, just to be like, here's my number. And then it was a fake-out because she wants him to pay for the laptop <laughs> that he fucking took and destroyed. You know, are you just trying to write your own joke into the movie? Yes, I am. 
Yes, I am. I love it. I was watching behind the scenes videos of of Shang do or Simu, uh, like because he does like most of his stunts, his yeah. own stunts in this movie. And it was very cool to see him slide from the bus down and then like turn and like hold on to the like handle above. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, Frank in the chat says the choreography and just the way the fight scenes were shot were next level for Marvel. Legit. Yeah. Fantastic. Also, Tony Long, who who did uh, who was in like the Grandmaster as well. I forget who did the choreography for this movie, but he also worked on um, other martial arts films as well. I can look it up for you, but yeah, you can did tell. The like, did the Grandmaster stunt coordinator do this movie? Let's find out. Let's find out. I just realized I haven't been recording. Great. Are you serious? You haven't been recording. I mean, I haven't been recording been video. Live. Video. Uh, sorry, no, uh, I, I have been recording video. I haven't been recording audio. That's okay. I can just rip it from the video. Okay. okay. Yeah, if you guys want to keep talking while I, while I look it up. So, Eric, what were your favorite parts of this film? Or uh, this sequence, per se? Oh, this sequence? I, so, I enjoyed how in the beginning, um, you know, there was a little bit of... He was definitely holding back a little yeah, bit because yeah. he, didn't want, he didn't want to come out too much. Uh, the fucking... The, the choreography with the jacket coming on and off was mm. exceptional. Phenomenal. It was exceptional. Um, but I think the best part is when like she's driving and then he does the, he does the pose and then he just goes straight into kicking ass, like mm-hmm. not even holding it back just going around. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I liked for me, the, the part I liked the best was, uh, when he gets on top of the bus and then jumps down onto the side of the bus and he's like, open the door, open the door. <laughs> Perfect. I did th- oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please Eric. I say I will say uh, I do think that the bus guy joke got a little tiring. I think they did it a few too many times. Going back to him, but again, that's just small little small little gripes. That's not anything major. He hated this movie, uh, Christian. I hated this movie. The stunt coordinator is is, is Brad Allen. I remember that because I I saw a TikTok of him. Uh, they were like going through some of the stuff that he's done and the training he went under because he himself is is was trained in martial arts, and then they went through a little bit of his choreography. He also did the Kingsman movies. Very cool. Oh. Huh. Uh, one of the things I loved about this scene so much is that um, I found this to be, like, an interpolation of, like, just normal people to heroes, and it wasn't just Sean who uh, becomes a hero, even though that was, like, always there. Um, it was Aquafina as well. Like, I wasn't expecting her to, like, rise up to this role. I thought she was going to be there just as comedic relief, but no, like, she straight up just quickly gets up and goes to the bus and starts handling that. I thought she was going to be like some kind of like driver by the end of the movie. And there are scenes where she's driving a lot. Uh, right. But like that for me, it was like kind of sealed it for me. Like where I was like strapped in from then on. It's like, Oh, these people are becoming the best people that they can be just by their circumstances. And I, I really loved it for that. Right. And I'm also glad that, you know, uh, there wasn't a romantic relationship that they were just purely best friends. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, in the beginning it was just purely best friends, you know, like I I appreciate that more just because there's always pretty much like almost every movie has to have a romantic part to it Mm -hmm. Uh, in the MCU, I guess like there's 
yeah, I think I would say probably all of the Marvel movies so far has had a romantic part to it. And I'm glad that this was uh, in the beginning, like they're like, they're just best friends, you know, like the writer dies. Dude, honestly, this, this is why I love this movie so much is that like, don't get me wrong. I love, I mean, you know, me civil war is like my favorite MCU movie. And I, I love our heroes. I love Iron Man. I love Captain America. But I, for a certain, kind of like a certain extent, I was tired of seeing a bunch of white guys be the heroes all the time. This is why I love Falcon and Winter Soldier so much is that we're getting a different perspective. So to see Simu and Aquafina be the heroes and they're just being themselves for like yeah. a lot of the part, like they're just like funny people like who were living in California. Like I related to that so much and I loved seeing like a different side of people who can be heroes in, in the MCU. Right. It was such a breath of fresh air for me. That's one of the reasons why. It's like, yeah, they're, it's not like a tropey love interest thing. It's just yeah. people who are friends. Yeah. It's not Rachel McAdams and Doctor Strange. Exactly. Yeah. Frank says, I felt like the best friend thing died when they realized that the best thing thing was purely because uh, they have commitment issues. Yeah, that's fair. Right, Simu but I... Definitely has commitment issues. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he abandoned. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we're, we're then getting... We're going to speed up a little bit here, but uh, essentially the, the crew have to go um, to Macau to track down uh, Sean's sister, Ying Li, and we get a little bit of the flashback here of uh, his past. I'm going to recap the past here for you real quick. Uh, it's piecemealed a bit through the film, but it's, I'm going to do it all in once. An old rival arrives when, while Wenwu is away in China. They look to repay a debt that can only be paid in blood. Uh, they eventually kill Ying Li, and Wenwu is driven back to uh, a life of villainy, putting on the Ten Rings once again. Uh, Wenwu immediately starts Sheng's training to become an assassin for the Ten Rings, while his sister, Zha Ling, trains on her own, watching them and training at night by herself, which is fucking rad. Oh my god. Uh, and at the age of 14, uh, Shang is tasked with killing the man who killed his mother. He says he doesn't do it at the beginning. Later, he admits to actually killing him and then eventually runs away to the man we come to know in San Francisco. Ooh. So I don't know about you guys, but I felt like this is like the death of his mother is primarily like the Mandarin's fault. Am I wrong? The death of uh, uh, Shang's mother is uh, the Mandarin is responsible for the death of Shang's mother. Yeah, through his yeah yeah through his actions. Yeah, so like if that indirectly, yes, yeah. I just feel like if he was the man that he was touted to be, you know, like the the commander of this hidden army. If you're gonna, you know, do stuff, you know, make sure you get rid of the evidence and also kill the guy. You know, this is why I think this movie is so cool. And there's two things here. One is that this this action, like, for all intents and purposes, Wen Wu like put like put the life of villainy behind him. He chose to settle down and live a life like of love and put the past to rest. I guess essentially. So, like, his return to villainy comes from a place of love. It's, it's a, like a love crime, essentially, right? right? Which is very different for the MCU. It's not something we, we normally see. I can add to, like, how cool Killmonger was, right? Like, that, 
um, comes from a place of like hate and and wanting to get back at at family who like he felt abandoned. Uh, this comes at like a play a revenge for for out of love. But also, what's really cool is that we're getting a, a flawed protagonist. That our hero has a dark past, which we see a little bit here and there. It's definitely not like Captain America, and it's closer to like an Iron Man. But I just love that Shang admits to essentially being like a person who's done some bad stuff in his life and didn't have a perfect childhood. I thought that was really cool to see. Right. Mm-hmm. Anything else here before we move on? No. Uh, I thought, um, I don't know, which, did you guys like that it was, the, the past stuff was sprinkled through everything, or would you have preferred it to be all at once? Uh, Good question. For me, I, I like that it was sprinkled in. Because yeah. uh, I would, because why? No, it, it made me believe him, like when he first lied and said that he didn't kill the guy. Like, I, I believed him up until I saw the interaction with his sister and, like, him telling her, like, mom's gone. Like, I have to do this. Because if not, like, I'm going to be in deep shit. So I'll be back in three mm-hmm. days. And then he just never comes back. Yeah. I, I would answer that as well. That's the only reason why I think it worked is that we get, like, the, that switch at the end. Like, you realize, oh, he actually did lie to us and, like, he did kill him. Other than that, like you're right, Eric. I don't know if you if this is what you're kind of implying is that it kind of interrupts the pace every now and then, and it feels like we're watching the same thing a few times, where it kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit. It's like hard to kind of track in my head where we are in in the past. Is that where you're kind of getting at? Yeah, kind kind of in a sense because we have these moments that are going on in the present time, and I think we just we hit a good beat. And then it just goes right back to the past. But I understand for story purposes, like Ruben's right, mm-hmm. it made it much more believable at the end. Like, you know, I did kill that guy where it's everything else are sprinkled into it. Like, no, he didn't do it. So we uh, do get that great joke on the plane, though, when he's trying to tell the story to Katie and the flight attendant interrupts with trying very to. Good. Yeah, it's very good. And you also get the joke. It's like a minute long joke of, of Sean explaining how to say his name, which is pretty much like just for the audience being like, yo, say the fucking name of the movie, right? Shang-Chi. Uh, yeah. Shang-Chi. Yeah. And then Katie is like, you change your name from Sean to Shang? No wonder your dad found you so easily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. But this puts us at, I think, my favorite sequence of the movie in general. Everything in Macau fucking ruled. Macau was awesome. We get the uh, Wong and Abomination fight at the beginning, which... Is some kind of training for abomination, Ruben? I was so confused. I was at first. I was like, "That can't be abomination because he's got the fucking fish gills for ears." I didn't see that in in uh, Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk. This is more comic accurate. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. He's growing. He's kind of evolving in okay. a sense. Uh-huh. Um, I did like the fact that Wong called him a meal. I thought that was an interesting touch. Mm. Because, you know, he didn't call him Abomination. He called it by his actual name. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I didn't um, catch it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, like, I guess that was, like, a kind of a cage that they went through the portal into. Uh, yeah, so he, maybe... he's going back to prison. Okay. What It's what it looked like to me. Maybe it's training you. But it, it does feel like some kind of training or trying to teach him how to control himself a little bit, right? Maybe. maybe. it's setting stuff up for She-Hulk. Maybe. Holy shit. 
<laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't even put that together. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that they are also back in the locker room after the whole fight. Like, hey, hey, knock it off. No, we did this. Uh, oh yeah, you're fun. supposed to pull your punches. You did you get? Yes. Did you guys see the extremist person? I did not. No. So if you look like not in the main fight, but when like all the people fighting in the glass rooms, um, there is one of the people who has. Oh yeah. In them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, also, Frank. I thought that was neat. Frank says, uh, uh, "Ruben with the 300 IQ idea." Yeah, man, that's right. That's all he has is 300 IQ ideas. That's all. That's all I am. I'm always there. When it comes we to get, we get that fight. We get the fight. Uh, it's like introduced that oh my god, Shang has a sister and she owns the fucking uh, underground fight ring, and he and, and Shang has to fight her. We get that fight. Uh, more like uh, inclusions of like the close-ups that, that was introduced with the original fight with Tony Lung. We get a little bit of that with like the the brother and sister seeing each other again for the first time, which I thought was a cool callback. Um, and then we get the epic fight, which I think is my favorite fight of any Marvel movie, is the scaffold, the fight outside on the scaffold, oh and then God, back so inside. Good. I thought it was very good. Dude, the theater, like I could, I had like almost an out-of-body experience where like everyone was just like. Mouth mm-hmm. open, just watching the scene, like, oh my fucking god! And then the death dealer comes in, the the guy with the mask. What? I don't know. The, I have, I literally have no words for the scene. It was like legit fucking badass. Very very good. I, yeah, I definitely think it's like right up there with the highway scene for me and the elevator uh, oh scene. God. It's really, it was really good. Uh, I know you have something on death dealer. I thought death dealer was. Very underutilized. Oh, like, kind of like like, you, like you put this in the marketing and like, oh, this person looks tough. Oh man, and like they're in you know a few training things. Few, they're in mainly one fight, and then they get you know. There you go, dude. I thought it's definitely underused. I I I want I want to answer that now. Yes, a thousand percent. Why the decision that they they wanted to make Death Dealer the person who died instead of Razor Fist? Fucking will continue to escape any sort of answer for me. Uh, Why? Because it's weird how like they're also they're doing um, in Disneyland. They have Death Dealer fighting Shang out in the Avengers land. I'm like you buy the movie. You should go with Razor Fist because he was in the movie more. Yeah, but you can't really oh. have a knife out in the open like that, you know. But no, yeah, the fight nice. was really freaking cool, especially with like the neon in the back. Yeah. I thought it was exceptional. <laughs> and you just um, see the fucking cat in the background. <laughs> Perfect. I, th- I thought it was really good. Really good fight. So Frank says something in the comments that I want to bring up here because uh, I have an answer to this. Uh, he says the fights in this movie made Daredevil, Daredevil look like an indie film. They were so good. One, yes, I agree. And also, like, Daredevil is so cool. Yep, I don't know about that. Like, the, the fight scenes Dude. in Daredevil are phenomenal. Like, just, I would say this is probably a step up, but I don't know about making it look like an indie film. Okay, I'll, we're, we're at least we're agreeing there. That's a, a step up. Yeah, yeah, it's a step up. Very cool, yeah. I, I think an, that, oh, go ahead, Christian. In another universe, there's, like, a third act this movie where they're not in Talo they're on the compound and Shang is fighting everyone in a hallway style one shot take like Daredevil 
fighting through the compound, trying to get to Wen Wu, and he's fighting Death Dealers, like the person at the end of the oh hallway. Oh my god! Could yes. you fucking imagine? Yes. So I think that this is definitely like much more choreographed. So like it looks much more smooth. Whereas I think with like the Daredevil, I'm like I'm coming to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Like I don't I don't mm. have like obviously I'm trained a little bit, but I'm I'm gonna beat you with these sticks. Whereas you know there is. There is grace, there is style with how uh, Shung fought. Um, and so, the indie film, I don't know. But um, I really like the fighting in this movie. It's exceptional. Really exceptional. Okay, I'll, I want to ask you guys something, because we're going we're gonna to step away from like plot, necessarily, and just kind of move into more general discussion. Because mm -hmm. I think, instead of breaking down the third act, I think it's more of a, uh, I guess, like, a better discussion just to be talking about it generally. How did you guys feel about the switch to, like, moving from Grounded into... Well, we shouldn't even talk about that first. We have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Trevor Slattery. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's fucking back. Of course he is. What, what do we think about There was a cheer. I really thought... Yeah, there was also a cheer in my, in my uh, theater. I really thought like I had said before that this was going to open up and it was going to be all hail the King at the end. And like, that would have been perfect. And then he goes, yeah, they were going to kill me. And then I just started acting <laughs> and I was just like, fucking yes, let's do it. And then he gives us that whole introduction of uh, what made him uh, want to start acting. And it's fucking planet of the apes. And it's Dude. just, <laughs> That's a fucking hilarious joke. The Play only of the apes. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, the only thing I w like he was fantastic in that one scene where he's in like the dungeon or whatever, I guess, like in captivity. Yeah. I wish that was the only I wish that was as much of him we got. By the time like they were in the car, I was kind of tired of him already. But then we get that Planet of the Apes joke and it's like, alright, you got me back, I guess. And then at the end where he's playing dead. And he just tells Fuck, the, that was funny. Too. That was also funny. Come on. Yeah. All right. You got me. Yeah. But I wanted to ask what you guys thought about the third act. Cause normally I think Marvel doesn't always nail the third act. We've talked about this on, on numerous of our reviews. And I guess I want to say for like, just to, to kick off conversation is that I felt like they were falling into the pitfalls of the third act uh, with like a world ending thing. And we've got to like fight together. And it's like, we're fighting CGI things. And I was like, this isn't exactly what I wanted. And then they doubled down on the like mysticism of like Chinese uh, mythology. Yeah. And went like full, like what many people are calling anime. And I was like, you know what? I am all in now. Like you have subverted all expectations for third act that I thought were going to be an MCU movie. And now you've got this dragon in front of me and I want more of Shang and this fucking dragon. I thought was really fucking cool and ended up working for me. What did you guys think? Eric, go ahead. Oh, um, so I thought it was really cool. Um, I actually looked it up. Like, the weird pig cat thing is an actual creature from Chinese mythology. I thought that was neat. Yeah. Um, most of the creatures there were, like, the nine tails looking thing. Yes. Um, and uh, the weird looking horse. Um, but I, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really neat. That was really, really pretty. Uh, it was gorgeous. Like, the dragon shots were beautiful. Um, I, I I would have liked it to have been, you know, Xiong versus Wenwu at the end, but I thought 
having this plot device of like you know the otherworldly creature coming in gave Win Wu that moment. Yes. Or he like that moment he has at the end. Like, I thought that was really nice. It, it literally was a passing of the torch. Yeah. And so I was about uh it's not my favorite third act in a Marvel movie, but like it's still it was still solid solid than most. This is why I think that camera in the beginning was so awesome is that they literally brought it back at the end with Tony Long looking at Shang with the same affection yeah. that he uh, had in his eyes when he was seeing Ying Li. And like that moment without having to say anything, just having the same shot that they had in the beginning, but with a now older Tony Long, and then just seeing his hands go from this way to this way, like an open, open palm and his ring start flowing out of him was so powerful for me. I loved it. And like, I, I started getting like a little bit emotional. Yeah. Same here. Uh, for me, it was good to see like, Oh shit. Um, like Tony long realizing like he, he was wrong and then trying to amend for, I guess trying to amend like the wrongs that he made with his family and giving Shang the 10 rings and, you know, just accepting his fate for this monster or whatever it was. Uh, I thought that was really, really, really heartfelt. I think the only problem I had with the ending of this movie was the post credit scene. What? Yes. That was the only problem I had. But we'll get to it. Yes. We'll get to it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm so curious, but okay. I'm very, okay. Uh, there's a lot of stuff here that, uh, I mean, we kind of glossed over. I, I I thought it was really cool that he starts learning uh, 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 Wushu uh, yeah. with, from his from his aunt and starts picking it up. And, like, she makes note, like, oh, you, like, remind me of, of your mom. I thought that was, like, very sweet. Uh, but, Yo-yo, I mean, the, by the way. Still. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What? I didn't hear what you said. What? I said Michelle Yo. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I love that there's videos of, of like her kicking Jackie Chan's ass like now. Like people are like talking about it on Twitter. It's very cool to wow, see. Wow. Uh, and then yeah, I mean the 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 big moment for me that, that like I realized that the third act was like building up to like something awesome, truly awesome was when um, uh, the Great Protector and Shang are working together to kill the. I, I had to write the name down of this villain because I didn't even know what it was. Dweller in Darkness. Yeah, not a not a very well thought <laughs> name. It's yeah. an actual, like, it's an actual villain, uh, very Cthulhu-like monster. It deals with Doctor Strange a lot, but, you know, works with this. Mm. That scene where he's falling, and he jumps off the dragon and is falling in midair and shoots the ten rings to create, like, that circle into that chest of the Dweller in Darkness, and he's, like, doing the wushu movements in midair. You can yeah. see the water behind him flowing, and it's going slow-mo, and then it, like, exudes fucking goes out and you can see the scale of how small he is compared to how much he's falling and it goes does, does the slow-mo of him like finishing it fucking incredible and you see a lot his, of beautiful shots in this movie you see his mom's shadow in the the circle that he made really yeah. really that's what i saw i could be completely wrong like her doing the movements with him and i was just like oh. holy shit 
Well, when I go rewatch it, I will look for that. I'm gonna rewatch this this week. Well, so are you guys gonna? Are you planning on rewatching uh, it? Yeah. If I can get time to go rewatch it, I definitely will. If not, it's gonna be on Disney Plus in like next month. Forty five so. days, I think. Right? Oh. Yeah, forty five days. I um. But here's, I know I said this in the group. This movie takes a lot from Destiny 2 Forsaken. Here we go. I'm telling you, man. Here you go. You got super powerful guy, Wenwu Oldrinsov. Okay? They have lost a significant person in their lives. Marasov oh, and Yingling. Oh. Yeah. Um, so they go on a ravenous path of destruction because they start hearing the voices from this evil entity that they don't know it's the evil entity. They think it's the person talking to them, Marasov Yingli. He gets to the moment and realizes, oh, hey, all I got to do is go to this thing and fuck this up. They'll be back. And then it's like, nope. This otherworldly dragon-like creature is behind the whole thing. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I, I believe you. What I don't is? know what you want from me, but I believe you. <laughs> what it is what it is i love that eric um yeah so shang defeats the dweller in darkness and we're back in san francisco uh i love that the, the they're back in the bar yeah and like obviously the people don't believe them because like why the fuck would you believe them uh and then when the the fucking portal starts opening up i lost my goddamn mind so did you expect wong because I thought Stephen Strange was going to be like... I absolutely was like, holy shit, is Sean going to be in the multiverse of madness? Bro, could you imagine? Yeah, I I don't know. But like, it's, even even if it was just Wong, I was very happy with him. Yeah, like, I was still Wong very Wong. happy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then it ends there, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, that's where the credits roll. We get that cool yep. uh, Anderson Pock song uh, in the, in the, the, the cr initial credits. And then we get to the post-credit scene where Wong is analyzing the rings with Bruce and Captain Marvel. Uh, and they say it's super old. How old? They don't know. And this is where uh, Ruben has a theory. So Wong says these rings are super old. Maybe eternally old? Maybe galactically old? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. That could just be a, a sprinkle for like a future fucking Phase Seventeen movie. We'll never know. This is where I need to call in Eric. Does he have? Does Does he know? Again, yes. I want to clarify. Like I know shit about Jack, uh, Shang Chi. So I, Eric. Well, so obviously with this, you know, they took a lot of stuff and pulled a bunch of different things um, from this. So it could be an eternal setup. It could be. It could be like, hey, we created this. This is, said, what, 10,000 years old or something like that? Uh, mm -hmm. Thousands of years old. So the Eternals could, like, when I saw all the stuff he was doing in the rings, it kind of looked like the Eternal stuff that they were doing. Yeah. And, like the trailer and stuff. That would make the most sense. Because it's not going to be Kree, because we've already dealt with Kree. Like, Kree's, okay, the Kree. The scroll, we've already been dealing with the scroll. It's not that big of a deal. Um, oh, hold on. Wait a you got an idea. It could be Scroll with Secret Invasion. That beacon, Maybe. that beacon could be Holy to the Scroll shit. to come to Earth. Like it's ready now. Huh? That that I didn't uh, even think about either. Because we got Secret Invasion coming next year. That could be that. Um, 
Mm. So it's either got, like that would make sense, saying the Earth is ready. Uh, the person that rings her name. I will also say I forgot to say I was in the middle of like the Dweller in Darkness fight when Shung was doing all the wushu moves. I was looking at her, my buddy. I'm like, get Shung a starting position on the Avengers right now. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is yeah, why that post credit scene was so exciting for me. I also want to add the reason why I said Galactic uh, just was for the beacon. Like, the beacon is the only thing could that be. could make sense for me. And also, those be. rings are fucking huge. So, could fit on his fingers. Galactus is going to have Galactus bigger hands way bigger, than that. Yeah. You, never, you never know. You never know. They could be toe rings. But I, I did like... <laughs> Toes are bigger than fingers, man. I, I did like that, you know, Bruce and Carol were there. It's like, hey, look, like you're in the fold now, man. Like whether you want it, whether you want this or not, you're I thought he was gonna say you're an Avenger at the end, but it's yeah. like you're oh you're a, you're a team member now. You're part of this world. Your world you're nothing's Dude. gonna be the same from now on. So I thought that was neat. I did see people you know, like asking, Well, why wasn't Bruce Professor Hulk? Like That is also interesting. It, like is it though? Yes, he's no longer he. Something happened. Mm-hmm. He's no longer Hulk, Professor Hulk, or anything like that. I just assumed that this was a form that he could, you know, go in and go out. Like, why? Why would mm-hmm. he need to be Professor Hulk all the time? I'm just saying, like, if he could have done it in and out and not be Professor Hulk all the time, well, he, he should have done it when they were testing out the time travel stuff. Right, but in this, I feel like he needs to recover, and it's probably easier for him to recover from the arm as a human, you know, like people can actually penetrate his skin, you know. At the at the end of Endgame when he sent Steve back, was he uh, in Hulk form? Yes, he was. Okay. So okay. That's an interesting thread right there. So be interesting to see how that goes. Let's put a pin in that thread. Yeah, but the, the line that Bruce says that like I wrote down was welcome uh welcome to the circus. And I thought that was like like I'm on par for like what the character of Bruce is, but like fuck, this, this fucking dude is an Avenger, yeah. and also Aquafina too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aquafina is also an Avenger. <laughs> uh, at least Avenger, Avengers adjacent. Holy shit! Uh, and then we get what? No, continue. This is gaming news. Don't worry about it. And then we get the second post-credit scene with uh, Zha Ling, now the head of the Ten Rings on the compound, and she is training both men and women together in her own style and aesthetic. Uh, and people on Twitter are talking, uh, saying like, whoa, I think we know who, um, the power broker is talking to at the end of Falcon Winter Soldier. Oh. Probably, probably Ling. Could be, yeah. Okay. And I found that interesting. Very we also forgot about Wong singing Hotel California. Oh That's my right. God, yes. yes. At the end of post-credit scene, well, yeah, they go, they go back to the fucking karaoke. <laughs> oh man. I love it, dude. So I had problems with, uh, this end credit scene just because i find this to be so tropish like she she becomes the main villain like not the main villain well the next villain possibly like we knew that she she, a villain though one would assume because she's sitting on the throne of the ten rings like she's I, i took it as she's taking over the command of the ten rings and she's gonna be using this army to to I don't know if it's evil stuff, but do stuff. You know what, you know what they say about assuming things? I make an ass out of myself. 
That's yeah. a lot of letters in a sum right there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I like the way you read it. Yeah, I just thought, yeah. I just thought that she was going to go like she took a, she had a, a fighting what was it a fighting competition for like yeah the club yeah an essential fight club so i just assumed like she was going to be you know a, become a villain well she did have that line that said like if i can't have in his empire i'm going to make my own yep and she's yeah. literally taking his empire now so um i think it was also there like hey the 10 rings are still a very prominent role in this and this gives more stuff for shang chi um later it reminded me of the whole Luke Cage show where Luke Cage was tired of the, the crime happening in Harlem. And at the end of the show, he basically becomes the king of Harlem. Mm. Anyway, that's all I had. Oh, I, Lu- yeah. Luke. Yeah. I was confused. Oh, my God. I was thinking someone else from mm. Mortal Kombat for some reason. I was like, why are you thinking Mortal Kombat? Oh, no. Luke Cage. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you Kombat. I yeah. did enjoy her use of the rope knife. I thought oh that my was very god! Cool. Yeah, I just, I just kept going. Get over here! Fantastic. But no, really so I might say it was better than Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Absolutely. This movie? Yes, this movie is definitely no, no, no. The, no, the way that she used it was better. I don't know. One of them can bring hellfire from the nether realm, and one of them Ruben. is literally killing monsters yeah. with a dragon yeah. powers. Dragon scale on it. Dragon scales on it. Right, so we'll, we'll see. To Ruben's point, I don't. I don't. That's interesting. I, I liked. I'm thinking about it now because I. I totally thought of Zhao Ling no more than um. Than a bad guy than like Yelena. Like, she's just, like, morally ambiguous, not good or bad, just, like, playing in that gray area. Right, but I, I, I guess for me, I, I assumed, like, oh, uh, you know, my dad never let me train with the boys. So let me sh- prove to him that we can be better, I guess. Or, I could, you know, uh, men and women can fight equally together and be a strong force. We shall see, I guess. I guess, and yeah. Maybe in that show. What show? And our movie. I don't know. Uh, okay. Whatever show the they're they're building up to. Gotcha. Okay. There's no Stan Lee cameo, so unfortunately. we unfortunately cannot rank that. I'm sorry, Ruben. It's unfortunate. Uh, uh, Ruben, you got anything more you want to say before we go? No, that's it. Uh, also, uh, I do have one more thing. Thank you for Eric. But like, you're talking about who was it that got the shaft in this movie? Oh, oh death the dealer. death dealer. Death dealer. Uh, nobody knows who the fuck death dealer is in the comics. People know who Taskmaster is. Okay. No, no, dude. What I'm saying is, death dealer was very much heavily used in the marketing of this movie. Yeah. And then, and like, so they Taskmaster. Said, Taskmaster was actually really cool and actually had purpose in the movie. Uh, Dude, okay. you literally okay. did not all right, all right, hear all right, what right, I was okay. talking about the importance of Taskmaster <laughs> okay. on our Black Widow episode. Didn't I? Didn't I? You didn't. Also, didn't like, I? we're not considering Death Dealer as a villain, are we? Oh, no. No, okay. no, no, no. Right. Like, there, it's, is, it's, oh. there is one villain in this movie. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so, and, that, and that's when freaking Wu. So, look, everyone, it is now time to rank the villains. But I think it's really special in this one because I never saw Wen Wu as a villain. 
Um, oh, I, I saw I him it. as a dad who really just wanted his family back together. Now, granted, that's what the crux of this movie was. Like, obviously, you have these powers, the mysticism, but at the crux of it, he just wanted his family back together. That's because that was his purpose. You know, for all these years going alone at it, he wanted all these power, all this power, but, you know, he got the thing that made him feel whole the most, which was a family. I see your so point. He just wanted that back. Yeah. And so I think that was really important. And may I just say, uh, Tony Lung, his performance was exceptional. I, it is very hard to believe that this is his first Hollywood movie because he should be in everything. The man is the man was really good at just playing this character because I can't believe we haven't talked about him yet. Like we've gone this whole discussion, we haven't really talked about how great he was. So I think we're. Just I was gonna, supposed to, and I forgot. <laughs> I think we can like, even though like pause the ranking right now because I, I would love to talk about this character for a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I thought it was really good. I especially liked the the conversation they had when he's like, "Yeah, this is like names are important. Like, look at this one person who tried to use my name. It was a freaking fruit. It was a piece of fruit. That's all <laughs> it was." Or- people are America scared of an orange. Yeah. Um, that same conversation though, the, he asked Katie what his, uh, her Chinese name is, which I thought was like really cool. Cause I mean, I grew up with uh, some Asian friends and they had to go, they had to do the same thing. They had to have their uh, Asian name at home and then their American name, um, like at school or, or like even now, like at work that, that happened. So like, I thought that was like a very cool thing to introduce here in the MCU as well. Um, and then like <laughs> some of my family members as well, like they have their Mexican name and then they have their American name, which is just an easier way or even sometimes a different name for Americans to say their name because they can't say or, or won't say their, their Mexican name. And like, what a powerful like way to sneak in like the theme of identity just in this yeah. one conversation at dinner. Very cool. Phenomenal. Cause like, I will say the best scene he has is when right before he jumps over and tries to knock down the door, when Chung tries to say, I'm not afraid of you. And he's like, yes, you are. Yeah, you are. You did all of these things. You did every single thing I'm listing right now. So yeah, you were definitely afraid of me. And then when Chung says, what makes you think she would want you anymore? And just that. Yeah. Look on his face. Like, what the fuck did you just say? I'm doing all this for your mom. And you're going to talk to me like that. And then like, it, man, it gets into this thing right now, you know, because I have these moments like coming up, I'm about to be a dad. So, you know, everyone says like your life is put on hold, like your life is done. It's about your kids going forward. And I thought this movie was really important to show that even though like he's a parent, he's his own person. OK. And, you know, his moment where he's like, what the fuck am I doing? I still have to go through with this because I want my the love of my life back. Um, he wasn't thinking about it. He literally punched his kid into the water. Like that, he, 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 there was no talking with him at that moment. And um, yeah, he's just—he was so freaking good. Um, like I said, man, blinded by by a, a lust for revenge. Like it's a love crime. Mm-hmm. If it's one of the most passionate crimes there are, there is. It's like it's so powerful to see on screen. I loved it. It's so different for Marvel. I, it it was really 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 good. Um, so, Ruben, do you have anything on this guy for we? I mean, I was just gonna say like yeah, you can 
say that for like the, the most part of this movie, but let's not forget, like he was literally a war, uh, cr- not criminal, but like he killed thousands of people before the beginning of yes, this movie. Yes, but yes, but it's the yes, but yeah, no, 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 someone that like makes I, I, change. I, I understand, I understand. I just want to make it clear, like this man is definitely a villain. <laughs> I also really much like that when that conversation he had with Young Shang, where he's like, "I thought she said I could change, like she said I could be this different person, and then once she's taken away, he's like, nope, you're all about to get fucked." So I thought I could be a better um, person, but then, yep, yeah. I, mean, I also, also liked it the restaurant she, too. Sorry. Yeah. Oh man! Oh, so good. He was making Shang watch the whole thing. Oh, it was so great. Dude, the camera, it's just it's just the young Shang. Yeah. And, but and you see his actions in the, the reflection. Mirror, yeah. Of the, oh yeah. The tiles. Yeah. Awesome. So good. I also enjoyed the um toward the end where it's like, we needed you when she left and you chose those damn rings over us. I thought that was really good. But let's rank the villains of the MCU. So uh, it's been a bit, so you guys did a good job last week uh, in my absence. Um, let's go through the ranking right now. Number 11, Malekith slash Curse from Thor the Dark World. Number 10, Abomination slash Thunderbolt Ross from The Incredible Hulk. Number 9, Whiplash slash Justin Hammer from Iron Man 2. Number 8, Aldrich Killian from Iron Man 3. Number 7, Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 6, Obadiah Stane from Iron Man. Oh. 5, Red Skull from Captain America the First Avenger. Number 4, Taskmaster, Taskmaster slash Drakov from Black Widow. Number 3, Loki from Thor. Number 2, Loki from Avengers. And number 1, The Winter Soldier from Captain America the Winter Soldier. So I will start... No, before you start, wait, before you yeah, start, Ruben. I need you to go back to number five. You missed something. Sorry, number six. Red. Number six. Obadiah Stane from Iron Man. Oh, yeah. sorry, Tony. There you go. There uh, Obadiah that's Stane. what you wanted? Yeah, that's what right. I wanted. <laughs> so, wow. Um, I will say that of this list, um, he's number one for me right yeah. now. Um, his awesome. performance was exceptional. I will say, like, in the overall grand scheme of the MCU, he's not my favorite villain, but he gives one of the best performances of the whole, this whole entire fucking franchise. It was really fucking good. Sometimes he felt like the star of the movie. I'm going to say this right now. He was. He's my favorite villain of the MCU. Wow. He's really good. He was scary. He was, you know, uh, convincing. Uh, when he was talking to uh, Shang when he was little, like, duh, yeah, perfect. He was perfect in every way. He's really he's good. My, he's in one. my top three. I was scared. I I was gonna be. I was gonna say, you know, I'm happy. I'll, I'd be happy with anything above four. Uh, but my vote is also a number one. Oh yeah. Look at us, huh? Agreeing. I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exceptional villain. Um, I appreciate that r- you didn't call r- him the Mandarin. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? I know. That's why I appreciate. Um, it. so I thought it was really good. So that puts us at the Marvel movies ranking so far. Let's recap the list: number eleven, The Incredible Hulk; number ten, Thor: The Dark World. Get used to those two down there, am I right, guys? Mm-hmm. Number nine, Thor: 
<laughs> number eight, Iron Man 2. Number seven, Iron Man. Number six, Iron Man 3. Number five, Black Widow. Number four, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number three, The Avengers. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number one, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Now, let me let me preface this. I know I gave Eric shit on Twitter for the content and for the uh, engagement. Personally, I'm happy, w- again, with anything above at least number four. I mean, if it's even above number three, I'd even better. My vote, honestly, and this is hard for me to like actually come to terms with, this is number one. Okay. Eric? Um, for me... Like, I know I put my personal list out there of these movies right now. It's number four for me. Um, because, I mean, we last episode was on, talked about how much Winter Soldier is just exceptional. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't here last week, so no one could hear my thoughts on it. Uh, it's it probably, it. other than the Avengers, prob- yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's in my top ten easily. The movie is fantastic. Uh, exceptional characters all around much better than their versions in Guardians 2, but, you know, that's for another day. Um, and, you know, the Avengers, the strength of that movie, I know we talked about it, the fact that they actually could pull it off, I think, goes a lot into saying how good that movie is. Uh, you know, Josh Whedon aside, the writing is really good in that movie, still. Like, it's exceptional for these characters, like, putting them all in this one little room, like this, especially. Uh, so, for me, like, it's four. But it's a very, very, very damn good four. Ruben. I'm so scared. I'm I'm terrified. For me. Oh, man. Uh, This movie is easily number two for me. It's I think it's way better than uh, Guardians. It's difficult to rank Guardians as an origin movie just because they have a lot of characters that they need to introduce. But. Oh man, like I said, oh, god damn it. Wenwu, a phenomenal protagonist. No, sorry, antagonist. <clears throat> Some would say he is the protagonist. No, well, depends on how you look at it. And, sure. And Shang sure. is just in his way. Shang is definitely such a. Like, at first, you, you feel bad for him, but like, no. At first, you kind of feel bad for yeah I, I would say you feel bad for him throughout this movie just because like he was raised to become a killer and it was technically like I said before it was his father's fault that his mother died so I uh, um, yeah this is number two okay let me let me just add to this real quick before we even start like voting I guess aside from like the issues I have with the third act like Obviously, movies aren't perfect, but let's let's not kid ourselves. The first two thirds of this movie, like at least first half, are near fucking perfect. And then, and then for me, subjectively, like when you introduce the the idea of Tony Lung doing all of this because of his like deceased wife, who he thinks is alive, adds so much to like who he is as a villain that when I compare it to who the Winter Soldier is, like yeah, I love Bucky and like his like tormented past and trying to find himself but there's something like more personable about tony lung like being a villain because of love that i found just way more engaging and enthralling on screen and then lastly what makes it and this is totally subjective by the way too why i think this movie 
is above Winter Soldier for me is that all the, all the themes of purpose um, and this like the representation of of my like just minorities in general and the way it feels just so dramatically different from anything we've seen in the, in the MCU so far. Like when I see Winter Soldier, I'm like, yes, that is like an S tier Marvel movie, but Shang Chi still S tier. But I wouldn't even go as far as to even call it a Marvel movie. That's it's just, just like an a S-tier film movie. for me. Period. Yeah. 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 That do, is why. Yeah. But I'm I'm happy with uh, with you know whatever we pick. I do want to preface the reason why I have it as number two is I think Captain America: The Winter Soldier like has some fucking scenes in it that is are just phenomenal. You have the scene what? where he realizes it's Bucky and like the whole. Bu- it's kind of like how you guys uh, like the Loki Thor relationship. This relationship between Bucky and Cap is like they're fucking bros to the end, you know? Like they are going to do whatever it takes to be not together but like on their side, you know? Like if something's wrong, they're going to fix it together. So Captain America had great fighting sequences. Yes, this movie is like Shang-Chi is, sorry, Shang-Chi is, like, uh, definitely a kung fu movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to take away from that at all. But, like, the fighting sequences with Captain America the Winter Soldier, the elevator scene where he's kicking all these asses in a fucking elevator. The uh, the scene where he uh, is fighting Bucky in the, the street. Like, come on. Like, there's, oh, my God. And again, I'm not taking away from anything from this movie. Like, definitely Tony Long, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I just feel like the relationship between uh, Bucky and Cap is just, it means more for me. That's like some of the best character relationships in Marvel, like, period. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. How are we right. gonna do this? How are we right. gonna do this? So this 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 is interesting. Um, Look, I'm so, happy with at least two. Number so two. we have a first place vote, a second place vote, and a fourth place vote. Well, not vote, but that's where we initially have our standings. Um, okay, so y'all 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 can talk and stuff. I didn't think I'm gonna ask this, Christian. Yeah. No. Look, I'm happy. Sure. Uh, yeah. For this list, I'm, I'm happy. Let's to stick with two. Let's two. stick with two. I'm happy to do that. But I, I wanna, I wanna have Eric just give some more words. Like, I don't want to totally throw what his opinion. What is he gonna say? No, no, it's totally fine. I think it's just for me personally. Um, and that, and that's what I talked about earlier. So you know, I grew up with like these Avengers characters. So like seeing them on the screen is like oh, it's sure. a huge deal for me. And, like, you know, seeing Hulk, Thor, all these guys fight together. And that's what I talked about earlier. Like, you guys, this movie hits you a lot harder for, like, personal reasons. You know, with your themes of identity, family and stuff. And so, I mean, it's not like we're doing a peace treaty for countries right now. It's just a list. Like, I'm totally (laughs) fine if this is number two. Like, I'm okay with that. I personally don't think it's better than Guardians because Guardians, you know, so fucking funny. 
so funny. And like you take these rag rat rag uh like it I still quote Guardians to this day sometimes and Yeah, but is it funnier than Planet of the Apes is what made me into acting? Because <laughs> Yeah, like that's a fantastic <laughs> Yes. <joke. laughs> that's a really fantastic joke. I thought it was really good. But I think just having the lovable misfits and like bringing them together as a team and yeah. you know everything in that movie just hits so well and of course avengers we talked about avengers so much already like i don't need to go into more discussion that's just personal preference for me so it, it doesn't really doesn't really matter um, by the way but, eric hmm. are you happy that on this rewatch that i liked guardians like legit i actually really like yeah, i think it's I, like one of the best written it, marvel it, movies it's exceptional because i know tessa watched guardians 2 a lot um when it was like on netflix and stuff like she that was her one of her most watched marvel movies was guardians 2 and she saw we rewatched guardians 1 and she said i haven't seen this movie since theaters i'm like well this is a really good movie she's like oh my god this yeah. is really good i'm like yeah because I, you we're gonna have a guardians 2 episode but i think what was so great about that is like every character matter where in guardians 2 it was mainly about peter quill like we can try to say the gamora mm. stuff and there was important, and you know, Rocket no, and Root and all them were important. Right. But yeah, it, right. it's a Peter Quill story. It's a Peter movie, yeah. Whereas in the first one, like each person is having to deal with something. No, right. Rockets have to deal with his past. Drax is still dealing with the fact that the man who killed everyone who killed his wife and family are still out there. Gamora's like, you know, who am I? Am I Thanos's assassin or am I a person? And Peter Quill just being, you know, a jackass, but. Um, he's not T'Challa. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, man. are we gonna uh, do speaking it? Of, speaking of T'Challa, let me get this in. I was sick and tired of all the people. Like, I saw so many articles saying that, um, like trying to put Black Panther and Shang Chi versus each other. Like, oh, which one is better in terms of you know putting stuff out there? I'm like. They're both they're both exceptional for That's what like they do. It's like comparing apples to oranges. I know, I understand yeah. that. Like, and people were still going, and like all the white beta boy YouTubers trying to say that this movie was going to fail and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys suck. Um, but yeah, um, really good. Uh, you, we can have Black Panther and Shang Chi exist at the same time. Yes. Internet. Yes. Both Fuck can yeah, be Eric. great. Like, do you? honestly think I'm not excited for Wakanda forever just because that I just saw Shang-Chi. No. So they both can exist. We can, we can have all of this. It's great. Um, and, it, and it will exist as number two on our ranking so far. I'm, I'm okay with that. Were you also surprised at what I thought of my thoughts on Guardians? I mean... Considering how much shit I was talking? I mean... You're gonna a lot not, of listen, no, you were right. It was just because I I hadn't seen it since my original watching, but I I have seen um, Guardians two more than I've seen Guardians one. And I when I rewatched Guardians two, I was like, oh man, I haven't seen I haven't seen this since theaters all the way through, and it's a much better movie than I thought it was. I yes. just think that I just think that what made it so strong is when all the characters had something going on with them. Not just Peter. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Number before two. Plugs, before you, Yes. Oh, I guess I'll recap the list and then I'll say my piece. Uh, here's the top ten we've got so far. Number ten, Thor. 
Number nine, <laughs> Iron Man 2. We don't even have to mention the other two anymore. Here's our top <laughs> Number eight, Iron Man. Number seven, Iron Man 3. Number six, Black Widow. Number five, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number four, the Avengers. Number three, Guardians of the freaking Galaxy. You said it yourself, bitch. Number two, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And number one, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Before we move to plugs, I want to—I almost forgot to say the, one of the greatest lines of this movie, which is, you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. Oh, my God. Fantastic life advice for you all to take with you. Uh, yeah. Eric, anything to plug today, sir? Uh, I will say, I'm sorry, Thor Dark World, you're no longer a top ten film here at the penultimate concourse. <laughs> so it's, it's day has come. Um, no, uh, so... What's going on with me? Uh, Eric C. Ginn uh, here on Twitter. Uh, follow me and stuff. Ruby is technically going to be here next month, and I just don't know what to do. Like, I, I'm really excited. It's going to be a scary time, but we'll see how that goes. Um, updated. Uh, so, obviously, everyone knows there was a pretty catastrophic storm that hit the United States last week. It affected us down here in the south. And it affects uh, Ruben and everyone up there in the Northeast. So if you can, please go to um, Red Cross, wherever. Um, donate, help people, because a lot of people lost a lot of stuff down here. It was terrifying, uh, the amount of stuff, uh, damage that happened down here. So if you can donate to any organization that's helping people in need, please do that. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Ruben, I see you typing away. You want me to save you for, for next? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, you can follow me at ISOChristian. I, I tweet a lot of random stuff, but there's there's updates here and there on projects I'm working on. Uh, projects like you'll be seeing on the Penultimate Conquest soon that I won't share any details yet, but just keep an eye out there. Um, I, also do, <laughs> I also do a movie podcast every week uh, called Large Popcorn. This week... We're recording an episode that's actually not a movie. It's a spoiler cast on Returnal featuring none other than Italian, Italiano film bro and friend Hugo Panay. So pretty fun episode uh, ahead of us. And I also do a weekly video game show uh, on podcast PXM. We'll run you through the nerdiest... Wait, that's that's the kind of funny thing. We'll run you through <laughs> uh, the, video, <laughs> the video game news of the week and uh, what we're playing. So peep that. Peep all that stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, I also want to put to a vote. Like, we should definitely change your your uh, intro to ho- co-host of PXN. You know, just put a man of many titles, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever's all right. All right. What we've got is I actually like the the curator cinema. It's that's funny. I like it. I know. Thank you. I made it up myself. Anyway, um, you can find me, of course, at that guy Tuesday on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you know, we got the upsetting news this weekend that it Charlie Cox is not in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Not in that trailer. Yeah, he's not, not in, in that, that trailer. trailer. Not in that trailer. But who knows if he'll show up. I didn't know. get the Spider-Man trailer before my... I also either. didn't get it. Me either. me either. Okay, I thought it was just me. I got really upset. I would have loved to have seen a pumpkin bomb on the big screen. However... The the Eternals trailer. I finally saw it. Ooh, fucking, fucking fire! Yeah, it was, it was tight. It was. It was really yeah. good. Really good. 
Um, this week on the Penultimate Conquest, we are doing our PlayStation Showcase predictions. Oh the- my god, I totally forgot. Oh my god, let's go. And, and I've let's got go. Man. Spider-Man 2, let's go, baby. No I'm, way. I'm, I'm putting it out there. No, no way, that's not happening. I'm replaying Remastered right now, so I got all that Spidey energy in Ooh, me right yeah. now. So let's let's go. Like I'm feeling all. it. I'm feeling it. Spider-Man 2, it's happening. Well, we'll mm-hmm. save that for the predictions. Shoot your web in right. me. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> I just gagged. Yeah, I just gagged right now. Do TV. me a favor, Eric. If you could just, you know, uh, message me your predictions, that'd be great. Uh, uh, yeah, because I mean, I'll be at work, so yeah. I'll send you mine. And you can I mean, you can also call out on Thursday. I'm just saying, or just be like, I'm coming in late. I gotta save that PTO for all that. This is true. Yeah. Well, again, you're coming in off. late. You're coming in late. You're coming in late. I'm just saying. Well, we'll, we'll, see, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, uh, a thing we didn't uh, forgot to mention in news: Paul Bettany says he has a lot of ways he wants to take White Vision. Um. So I thought that was neat. I had no idea. He said this. Yeah. Very cool. I didn't know that either. Um. So. Uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m., we are doing the PlayStation Showcase predictions on the penultimate game show. We were going to do State of the Union, but then Sony was like, we got a showcase coming out. Let's let's fucking get wrecked, you know? Um, I am also continuing my uh, Ghost of Tsushima Iki Island expansion playthrough tomorrow at 8.30 EST or EDT, whatever the fuck the time zone is. Um Wednesday, I again, I've had a real hard struggle to get people to come on this fucking cross media show to do Netflix. Like, come on, people, you want to be on the show? Hit me the fuck up, okay? Uh, we're gonna try, I'm gonna try something new. Best Netflix originals is the topic of the cross media show this week. Hopefully, Wednesday at 7 p.m. We'll see. And, of course, we are doing a PlayStation Showcase live reactions Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. If I recall correctly, I think that's the right time. I could be wrong. Uh, no, it's at no. 3. So it's going to be 4 p.m. Eastern for you. Yep. There you go. Okay, good. Which means I can actually watch this damn thing before I go to work. So I'm very excited. I mean, you can also just nice. be on the show. But anyway, um, that's all we got. That's all she wrote. Murder. That's all. That's it. Just murder. Murder Angela is all Lansbury she wrote. about to come through that door right now. Murder is all she wrote. All right. With that being said, Excelsior. Excelsior.